0: Welcome to the Randy Seltzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Seltzer.
1: Hello, everybody. It's Randy Seltzer here. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, We have Tim Hudak, who is the former leader of the Progressive Conservative Party here in Ontario, and also is today the CEO of OREA, the Ontario Real Estate Association, is here with us today. So hello, Tim. Welcome and thank you for being on board today.
0: Absolutely. Randy, great to see you. Thanks for having me on on the uh, podcast. I'm really excited about lots of exciting things to talk
1: about. No problem. It's my pleasure. It really is. Um, I think everybody listening in on this, and we have a mixture of people from all over, but uh, it's primarily southern Ontario. Uh, I think everybody knows that we've seen a big change in the real estate market in 2022 at this point. Uh, we started off gangbusters. Uh, the market was on fire back in January and February. But then interest rates start going up because the Bank of Canada decided it was on a mission to stop inflation. And they started in March and we've had several interest rate increases. Looks like we're going to have another one next week. So there's been this big pivot in the real estate market and sales are way down about 35 to 40% and prices are down as well. So I thought we could start off. I just wanted, because you've been involved with this industry and I should probably explain ORIA oversees the real estate industry here in Ontario. So you guys are definitely plugged in. Uh, To what is happening. Uh, Can you give us some thoughts about where you think, where we're headed over the next 6 to 12 months?
0: Yeah, you betcha. So again, uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association, just for background for those uh, watching and listening, we represent Ontario's 92,000 realtors. So the women and men who are helping buyers and sellers in every big city and small town across the province. We do a lot of advocacy. Our big goal is to help create that next generation of Canadian homeowners. We supply them with guidance and standard forms to give expert service, and also leadership training to give back to their community in real estate. Mm. Um, so, a big part for sure. Watching what's happening in the market, Randy, and you know, a great part of my job I really enjoy is I get to travel across Ontario, talk to realtors from you know Tobamori to, to Timmins to Toronto, and I'm hearing a similar story. And you outlined it very well. We had a, a frenzied market, i say, a really frothy market back at, in the spring with. The highest real estate uh, prices ever in the province of Ontario, about mm. 1082000 82,000 And that's not Toronto prices, Randy. That's average prices in Ontario. Yes. And since now, that's come down uh, in price to where we're pretty much level or slightly up from this time last year. So what happened all of a sudden? Well, there's two things at work. There's um, the econ- economics, I would say, and then there's psychology. So the economics as interest rates go up, that means mortgage rates go up, usually by about 2% higher than that for fixed rate, higher than the, the base lending rate from the Bank of Canada. Right. And when that happens, it means your dollar just doesn't go as far when you're purchasing a home and the carrying costs of that home, your mortgage payments are higher. So that has an immediate effect on, you know, slowing down real estate transactions, especially when rates are moving up. I will say on that, it's not really high interest rates that are an issue. Real estate transactions have taken place at that level it's when interest rates are increasing, that instability causes folks to pause. Okay, so here's the psychology. Um, it's kind of a standoff. So you have a number of buyers saying, hmm, prices have come down since the spring, maybe they will come down a bit further, You know, plus my mortgage isn't gonna go as far, so I'm gonna hold off and, and just see what's happening if prices that, go further down.
1: That is so true. That is exactly
0: you, what's happening. And then the seller psychology is, oh boy, you know, i'm not getting what my, my neighbor the browns got you know back in march um maybe i should wait until next year so then if the sellers don't have to move they hold off and as a result the number of transactions in our province is down significantly from where we were in the spring
1: right exactly so there you go so there is some psychology involved and you're absolutely right a lot of sellers also we haven't seen any kind of panic selling whatsoever Uh, In my, and I'm still a practicing realtor as well. So I'm out there every day in the trenches. And uh, most sellers these days, if they can't get the price that they think they should get, they just simply pull their house off the market. Listings are way down. So that's the kind of, it's like a stalemate kind of where you've got the buyers are holding off, the sellers are pulling back, and we're kind of in that twilight zone between the two.
0: Yeah, you're right. Whether you call it a stalemate or a standoff or a twilight zone, (laughs) uh, we're definitely in a market in transition. Right. Um, Randy, I I know people would love to hear your your thoughts on this as um, a veteran in the industry and an observer on market trends. I hear from a lot of realtors that are saying it's more of a balanced market. For sure, back in the spring, it was a crazy seller's market. And most it's moved more towards a a balanced market. I guess a different view in different parts of the province, but they just feel there's more time to work with buyers and sellers, Conditions are coming back on properties, right? There's a bit more time to to take a breath.
1: Well, you know your stuff. Um, Balance is kind of a nuanced word. Um, I think definitely, it's funny, I was just on another video last week where I was saying the worst time to buy was when things were going crazy and you're in a bidding war. On every property, there's 15 or 20 people bidding. That's the worst time to buy. And now, you know, it you could make a case for it that it's a pretty good time to buy. Uh, because chances are, first of all, prices are down a bit and it's almost a guarantee you're not going to be in a bidding war with someone else right now. So it could be a very good time to buy. Uh, for people who are thinking longer term, if they're saying, you know what, we're gonna stay in this house for five, six, seven years, maybe it is a good time to buy.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think you and I, you know, put our minds together and we could guess where we'll be in two months. We guess we'll be in five months, but You're pretty much guaranteed that in two years or five years, the prices are going to be up. Your return on investment is there. So my thing that I always reinforce, you're making the the biggest purchase or sale of your lives. It is the most valuable asset we own financially, but also personally, right? It's where we raise our kids. It's a place our fondest memories, safety and security during COVID. So always make sure you've got that trained professional, that realtor at your side who knows Old, right you got to make sure because you're not going to fool around and
1: leave money on the table you're, you're talking my language tim you're talking my language um so and this and one other thing i wanted to mention this is all within a backdrop that we do have here in the province of ontario and also especially in the gta uh, a historic shortage of housing yeah it, it's just reality and uh, you can point to different causes for it a lot of people point to immigration being so high and I will say I am pro-immigration. I am. I am very much pro- We're all immigrants. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. My parent, my grandparents immigrated. You're, you're, you're in, your parents or grandparents immigrate. We're all immigrants here, pretty much everybody. And it's a big country. There's lots of room for everybody. Um, but um, whatever you think, that's the federal level of government, of course, with the Department of Immigration. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of coordination between the feds and maybe municipal uh, governments or provincial governments, there's just a, a, a breakdown there where it's great to bring people in, but at the same time, they have to be cognizant that there has to be enough houses to or condos to put them in. And um, so I know you guys do a lot of lobbying. I know you do at various levels of government. What can be done to sort of straighten this out and get maybe get them working in sync a little better? And yeah, there's no doubt, I think you nailed it there, Randy, that the
0: biggest issue confronting real estate is not mortgage rates or where we are today. It's how we're going to stay focused on building more supply, more inventory, particularly for first-time buyers so they can get in the market starter homes. I'd say move up homes for when the kids come along and you want a bit more space. Quality rentals. And the fourth I put on that list would be homes for empty nesters, right? So they want to stay near the grandkids, but move out of that family home to open up for somebody else. Um, I wanted to connect the thoughts, and I'll come back into your question around um, how do we get more supply. While we're going through some turbulence in the short term that you and I just discussed, I am feeling quite bullish on down the road and, and here's why. Once we get to stability in interest rates and mortgage rates, I think you're going to see a significant return of demand because there's so much pent up demand oh, and limited yeah. supply. So yes, I'll give you some examples. The millennials are the biggest generation in Canada's history. The most people are in that generation because immigration gets thrown in there and they're now getting promoted. They're starting families right? And babies. So they're really interested in getting in the housing market. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, their mom and dad are from the boomers, which will be Canada's wealthiest generation. And they earned it and they saved up their bucks, but they love their sons and daughters dearly, but wouldn't mind seeing them move out of the basement. (laughs) They got the bank of mom and dad that can help them out. So true. Randy, you had mentioned immigration, which will be at its largest level in Canada's history uh, next year. Mm -hmm. And our economy will slow as interest rates go up, but we're still performing quite well compared to other places. So all of that tells me there's going to be a lot of demand coming back into the system. And we have limited supply because we built more homes in the 1970s than we did in the 2000s. That's nuts. This, a lot of catching up to do.
1: This is what I don't understand. And again, I know you're talking to different levels of government. I know you have a number of initiatives out there. Uh, the biggest thing I hear, especially from builders, is that just the amount of red tape, the yep. delays, especially, and I don't want to point fingers at any municipality, but the big one seems to be Toronto. People always say, why does it take three to five years to get a building permit for a developer to build a condo? Five years of wait, three to five years? Why? That's that's the thing I don't get. And uh, I don't know. I know you guys deal with that directly. Yeah, and yeah. And
0: what happens those three to five years? Well, the cost of construction go up, inputs go up. And right. at the end of the day, the taxpayer, the, sorry, the home buyer is going to have a bigger bill because of those delays. You know, it has become so ridiculous. I saw one study that said in some municipalities, I believe this one is York Region, cost you one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in permits and fees and run around before you put the first shovel in the ground to build the home. Right? That's for starters. So outrageous! No wonder prices are out of control.
1: That's outrageous. It really is, and I don't (laughs) think most of the public, I don't think, are aware. Again, the fees. It's like these cities and these towns. I understand they need money. They need the the fees from the from the real estate industry, which is a huge part of our economy, I think it's one of the biggest parts of our of our gross domestic product. And what are they going to do if it does dry up and they're not going to get those fees? It's sometimes you sometimes wonder about that. But so, what okay. can be done for a, a beautiful city like Toronto, which I love greatly? I live in Mississauga, but I love Toronto. Yep. And uh, what can be done to shake those guys up a little bit? Where maybe if we can get it down from three years down to two years, that might make a big difference. Uh, for getting uh, building permits for these developers. Is there something that can be done?
0: Yeah. Well, let me give you a few examples. Um, you know, number one, we call it exclusionary zoning. This is particularly important for larger cities like Toronto, Mississauga, mm. uh, Ottawa, Vaughan. So picture that wartime bungalow, you know, maybe in Etobicoke, maybe in Port Credit. Right. And an owner, she can buy it today and and knock it down and build a, a four-story monster home, right? You're seeing that in your neighborhood. I'm seeing that in mine all over it- Yep. we support, we support it. they they worked hard they saved their money that's their right they should have that choice but if that same homeowner randy tried to knock the home down the old worn out home and replace it with uh, a duplex or maybe a townhomes look out uh, four houses oh my gosh they go through this red tape ringer all the nimby forces you know descend yep. like a parade the lawyers get involved fees delays you mentioned so what's the homeowner do well they throw up their hands and they walk away Yep. and who loses out? It's those three or four young families that can't get a place. So level the playing field. If you want to build a larger home, your home, you're right. But if you actually want to build homes for first time buyers, you should have the chance to do so, especially in urban areas close to density. That's, I think, the biggest key
1: to unlocking home ownership in our major cities. Okay, that's that's a a great point. A great point. And so Oria is working on that, trying to shed some light onto these various m- municipalities that they need to get rid of that exclusionary zoning.
0: Exactly. We have a, a place um, called a home of your or you can go through our website, aria.com mm-hmm. and we lay out our plans to actually help create the 1.5 million more homes that are needed over the next 10 years, mm-hmm. just to catch up on the underbuilding plus population growth. So that's a big one. I would say for our major urban centers, But for those uh, at home that come from maybe a smaller town, I'll give you another example of there. Uh, In fact, I'll throw two at you. Smaller communities need more place to grow. You mentioned what a big country Canada is. So we should look at more land that is not environmentally sensitive and allow that to be turned into housing. So partner with municipalities to make sure the infrastructure is there to create more homes on those types of lots. And the next one works both in urban small town and Northern communities. We're going to have excess space in commercial and government. Why is that the case? Well, with work from home, a hybrid environment, we do end shopping from home. Mm. We do see a lot of potential in underutilized commercial space and government buildings that they can convert those into residential or mixed use. Oh, that's environmentally sensitive. Great idea. Yeah, there you go. It's already serviced. And so why not do it? So in Thunder Bay, for example... They've got an old psychiatric hospital that's been closed for years. Okay. And instead of looking like a set from the Scooby-Doo cartoon, you could actually convert that into housing right there in the urban core. North Bay has an old OPP station where they just basically mow the lawn every year. Nobody is there. Convert that. And we'll have office buildings, maybe some mall properties or plazas where you can build up homes. So that will work in communities large or small.
1: That's brilliant. That is a brilliant idea because there is so much underutilized former commercial or former industrial space or institutional space that could be used. Great idea.
0: Just sitting there empty, right?
1: See, for any realtors listening in on this, oria has got your back. They really do. And uh, I think that's that's a fantastic idea. Great. So, okay. So you guys are aware and that's great to know. I mean, everything you're saying here is, uh, you know, is right on the money as far as I'm concerned. And um, we do have I mean, it's it really it's a it's a problem of success Uh, We're I guess you could say that Toronto and the GTA and and Canada in general is 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 pretty popular uh, in the world stage. Plus, you know, people want to be here and um, but we need that there seems to have been until recently, not too much coordination in terms of thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, we need infrastructure. We need housing. We yeah. need tra- transit. That's another one of my favorite ones. You know, they all say, all, all these planners, they say, well, they, we want you out of your cars. We want you to take transit. But then they don't until very recently. Now they're finally building maybe another subway in Toronto, which is great. And an LRT in Mississauga, which is fantastic, I think. And uh, so those are our projects are under, underway. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we, we should be doing more of the transit investment?
0: Absolutely. Transit and transportation. We need the transit in our urban areas for sure. You mentioned the LRT in Mississauga, big subway investments in Toronto, more go transit, all good things. Yep. Smaller communities, you know, you do need some road and highway investment as well. Um, let me talk a bit about that. So, yes, we believe in that. We actually put out a report, the top 10 infrastructure projects we need to grow Ontario. And some of the projects we just talked about are in there. Excellent. But you also need to intensify around those areas. Like it doesn't make sense to put billions of dollars into a new transit project and then just have, you know, one or two stories homes around it. That's just not a good return on investment. Damn. So we've said that we should intensify and build up around those transit hubs. You could even build on top of a go station, for example, or a subway station, because I think a lot of people, especially young people wouldn't mind living there. You don't have to pack up the park, uh, Man. The boots every day heading to the office. Just hop on the subway or the transit. So, um, we we support these, but we do say, Randy, you should also pair that with the ability to build higher around those transit hubs.
1: Man, I tell you, like right now with the LRT in Mississauga, and there is the uh, Port Credit GO station right there. There are some plans to build some high rises, as there should be, right yep. at the GO train. Uh, but there's a lot of nimbys out there. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people, and I I respect them. I mean, they're trying to protect that small town feel. But I I would agree with you hundred percent that if if it's a major transit hub, that's where you got to build tall. There should it should be a no brainer.
0: You do, and you know, there's really two things that are that are holding us back. Um, we've discovered uh, in a major way: NIMBY forces and just outdated rules. You know, from the 1970s that just don't fit 2022. Oh, so okay. I mentioned one of those, the ability to, to build more property, more homes on your property. Let me talk about NIMBYs. We heard on the Housing Affordability Task Force. That was a task force that Premier Ford appointed. I had the honor of being part of that. We're the ones that came up with the 1.5 million homes to get affordability closer to reach for average people. And uh, we heard uh, about all the NIMBY forces that has become so bad. NIMBY, of course, not in my backyard, but there's a new one. There's Uh-oh. a new acronym out there called BANANA. Oh, no. absolutely nothing near anyone at all, right? That <laughs> banana has gotten so bad out there. <laughs> there
1: are a lot of bananas
0: out there. <laughs> so here's one suggestion on that. Yeah. The province should invoke a carrot and stick approach. So if municipality A says, you know what? We want our young people to find a place to call home here they can afford. We want our talent to stay here. We're welcoming new neighbors. Right. Reward them. You know, if they got a big project for a transit system or a new arena or whatever, that goes to the top of the list. But if a municipality is closing its doors, they're bow downing to the NIMBY forces, right. put them to the bottom list so they don't get their big project, right? That kind of reward for good behavior and yeah. disincentives for those that are not, I think will go a long way to moving us forward.
1: Interesting. That's another great idea. So far you're batting a thousand man. You're batting a thousand. <laughs> these are all great. Well, I won't tell
0: you about my project I'll put houses on the moon then. We'll we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll save that one for another day. Uh, yeah, so the, so the good news is, you know, uh while we're going through turmoil in the housing market today, I do see a strong return good. Uh, in the future. And while these ideas and appreciate your kind words about them Randy, they're on the table. Like, the ideas to solve this problem are there. They're, they're right there in front of us. We just need the political courage at the provincial and municipal levels to get that job done.
1: Absolutely. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, is I know that Aurea is having a, a pretty big conference coming up next month, November, I believe it's the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, I know it's um, down at Exhibition Place in downtown Toronto, and there's going to be a lot of keynote speakers, including yourself. And I believe uh, somebody named Bill Clinton is going to be there uh, also speaking and uh, as well as a, a bunch of other speakers. There's going to be a big trade show uh, and there's some after hours events where people can mingle anybody in the industry, in the real estate industry, uh, if they're not already aware of that conference, I think should go to it. Um, and I'm going to put, actually, I'm going to put the link underneath the video today and also That's in great. the podcast for people to register. No Perfect. problem. So. Can you give us a little more insight? I know that it's a lot of people are excited about it. People are talking about it. Um, It's coming up pretty soon. Yeah,
0: well, we'll check that on the screen. It's called Reality Conference, and you can get your tickets at realityconference.ca. Okay. Think of it this way: it it is the best stage in Canada to see where the real estate market is going, Mm. and to learn how you can improve and grow your market share, even in this transitional market. And that will work if you're a realtor, you're a broker if you're interested in real estate business or an investor. So let me, let me give you a few uh, ideas of who's on the stage and you can decide for yourself. I you mentioned President Bill Clinton. Right. Um, we, we do have top political leaders that come to our conferences. Under President Clinton, they have the highest rate of home ownership uh, in the history of the US uh, of any time before him. Okay. So we'll talk to them about, you know, how do we convince government officials to help get more homes built and help more people to get into those homes? So I look forward to that. If you're into marketing, Bozeman of St. John, she was the Chief Marketing Officer of the Year in 2021. She ran companies you may have heard of called Netflix and Uber. Oh she did goodness. marketing for them. Oh my. So if you want to know how to connect with an audience, whether you're in real estate or something else, she's going to be awesome on the stage. We will have the top CEOs from the big real estate companies uh, in Canada, uh, Remax, uh, Sotheby's, uh, Royal LePage, and Exit talking about where they see the market going and also to give tips to people in the audience of how to grow your market share when you're in this type of transitional market from experienced leaders. And we have a couple of other companies that are big in the States that are going to do business here in Canada, EXP and Corporate. So they are two large groups in the States that are wanting to invest in Canada. So we'll hear from their CEOs of what they like, of what they see in Canada and their plans for our market.
1: Awesome! It's going to be a full two days. I'm absolutely sure of that. So there you go, folks. And again, I want anyone who's in the industry should check out those links because I believe right now there's a discounted price. The price is going to go up. Yeah, get your early
0: bird ticket before it goes up later uh, in October. You mentioned there's going there's going to be really good networking. We're looking at up to two thousand leaders in real estate in Ontario and across Canada. Oh my god! It's a great networking. There's a hundredth birthday bash. It's Aria's one hundredth birthday what how often does that come along right what so having a big uh happy party. birthday bash <laughs> for a what that's and that one's almost <laughs> sold out so get your ticket for that for sure because it's all sold out okay our young professionals network is going to host a roaring 20s party uh on the first night of the conference that's when Aria was founded so we will have a nice little speakeasy uh <laughs> on uh there and um if you're a yeah. fan a celebrity fan uh simu lu simu the great canadian actor who's a new Marvel superhero. Right. Shane, a new Marvel character and he was in Kim's Convenience. He's going to talk about um, his current acting, his interest in real estate, but also that's a second career. So how do you transition and build a brand in a second career? And then Christine Quinn, a very famous celebrity realtor. She was selling Sunset Strong. Women leader is going to talk about, you know, her secrets of success and share them with you. Anyway, running out of breath. Those
1: are just some of the speakers at RealityConference. Wow. Wow. It sounds action-packed. Well, listen, uh, Tim, thank you so much for being on board today. We really do appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome to come back anytime, man. Anytime you like to talk and uh, share your insights, I know my my listeners and the viewers are going to really appreciate that. And, oh, you uh, bet.
0: As a recovering politician, Randy, if there's an open <laughs> microphone, you'll find me lining right up at the door anytime. I really appreciate you having me on today. <laughs> no, and I look pleasure. forward to seeing you and, and hopefully a lot of your viewers and listeners
1: uh, at the reality conference on November 22nd and 23rd. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. And thanks again for being here.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the
0: Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.